Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Tribal Hub Podcast. Michelle here with the Tribal Hub team. We are at day two TribalNet, and I'm sitting down with Justin Razor, who is the regional sales manager for tribes with Vectra. Justin, welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thank you for having me. Yes. We've done a couple of things before, podcast related, but never in person. So, yes. Hooray. I'm glad to be here and doing this. So, you have a session tomorrow with Stephen Nino of Saboba um, Band and Renita Stefano with uh, Second Derivative. And this is focusing on zero trust solutions for tribes. Most people who are focused on cybersecurity are keenly aware uh, ZTA or zero trust architectures are something that's been talked about for the last, I don't know, five to seven years, very big in every every vertical. Uh, most of what I cover is the federal government, federal civilian government, and then Native American tribes and tribal gaming. And ZTA is you know applicable across all of those verticals. ZTA is not a product as most people, you know, who are not familiar may make the mistake of. It's more of a, like a framework that you're working towards. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, uh, I feel like it's kind of like the game of golf. Not that I golf, but you never really perfect it. Uh, it's the same thing kind of with zero trust architectures. It's a constant evolution, a constant, you know, you have to constantly work at the framework. And a bit of what we'll be talking about tomorrow, uh, well, if you're listening to this podcast, that yeah. <laughs> timing makes zero sense to you. But the next day of this show, at the time of recording, uh, we will be discussing at a high level what ZTA is. But really, the focus of the conversation will be more about modernizing uh, security operation centers or SOCs for the Native American tribal landscape. So what we mean by that is ZTA is incredibly it's dry material. It's hard to kind of cover and talk about and get people intrigued in it. It is kind of a glassy-eyed kind of conversation. So what we're really hoping to do is have a conversation with tribes here at the show, talk about at least at a high level of what CTA is, but then kind of change it and spin it and talk about how steps in modernizing your approach to security ultimately ends up at that anyways in some type mm-hmm. of architecture. Mm-hmm. Uh, every tribe that's here is in a, a different you know, maturity of where they're in cybersecurity. Um, we're hoping that through this conversation, through this panel with Steven and Renita, there's something that everybody can take away and uh, start to kind of you know, adopt or bring into their own tribe to help mm-hmm. secure themselves. So yeah, that's a little bit about what we're doing here at the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. One of the questions, you know, while, while you were talking, you're totally pegged it when you said each tribe is really on a different playing field depending on their location or their where their tribe has been, if they've been around for so long, if how big their IT team is. Some of them have such small technology teams that, you know, something like this might be helpful, but at the same time, they also maybe need to convince or talk with their council or GM about actually bringing in some assistance to help with this and really show like this is going to help us. And I like how you said build the framework because I feel like, you know, listening to all these speakers this week during the show, cybersecurity and it's changing rapidly all the time. And so you need like a solid framework, but then also be have to be able to change based on what is happening in the world. Not even what's happening in the world. It's just what you're, like you kind of said, it's what your organization is capable of doing. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think Stephen Nino in one of the interviews he's done uh, has said it best. It's like 
do something like don't mm-hmm. uh, cybersecurity and approaching cybersecurity for really anybody. I mean, the federal government in the tribal space, uh, banking, healthcare, et cetera. It starts with making some type of step, taking that first step. Right. And since there is so much going on in cybersecurity and daily you're seeing, you know, some type of new attack, yeah. you know, it's easy to kind of just clam up and, and just not do anything. So we're hoping from this session tomorrow, I keep saying tomorrow and I apologize, from this <laughs> session, um, that there will be something people can take away and, and be like, okay, you know what, this is a very broad and a very encompassing type of architecture and it has so many different things that you're focused on from different pillars or tenants of, of zero trust. But where can I get started now? Or maybe even where have I already started that I can start leveraging that in a different way? Mm-hmm. Um, or how can I incorporate different portions of where we've already made investments as a tribe mm-hmm. and have those orchestrate or automate with other things or different techniques? Mm-hmm. And the trapping is in ZTA and at a lot of shows is that people will try to sell you on, I think, the, the misconception that ZTA is something that is productized, that you can go and buy, buy something, you know, some type of widget and ta-da, your ZTA uh, mm-hmm. compliance, or that's not really a compliancy, but you know, you, your, your architecture is now sound. It's not the case. Mm-hmm. It's, there are products involved. There are uh, educations that are involved. There are different ways of approaching and identifying what you do within your own environments um, as far as identity and accountability and inventorying and a bunch of other things that kind of focus into it that aren't necessarily product-based. So mm-hmm. that will be one of the other things that we talk about is Understanding that anybody who is essentially labeling themselves as a ZTA vendor or selling you something that is ZTA, kind of take with a grain of salt or really inspect what they're talking about and, and try mm-hmm. to dig under the covers. So interesting. Yeah. So you talked for a little bit, or you mentioned Socks Security Operations Center. How have you seen that work for a tribal organization? So again, this goes back to something you said um, and something anybody who likely listening to this podcast is very aware is that the tribal space is varied in its 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 approach mm-hmm. to security. Actually, the panel that we're doing, we had done a very similar panel, I think sometime over the winter. And one of the questions I had posed on that, that virtual panel was, you know, how many tribal organizations that are in the audience actually separate cybersecurity mm-hmm. uh, from their IT departments because, mm-hmm. you know, more remote tribes, smaller tribes, medium tribes, there's not really a concept of, of separating out a cybersecurity team or a, mm-hmm. a SecOps type team um, or even a concept of a SOC and they're having IT people have to really wear dual hats, right. um, which is not, as someone who grew up in IT before I moved into uh, what I do now, that wasn't really a concept. Yes, everybody is like, you have to think about security, but infrastructure people's job is really to keep the lights on and kind of planning for what's next as far as enabling their members or their casino or their healthcare entities. Mm-hmm. Uh, focusing on cybersecurity and looking at what's coming 10 miles out is, is something that is kind of a, uh, a skill set that's almost separate to infrastructure. Right. So that's yeah. where the challenge for tribes really exist is because some of these tribes just don't have the human capital Mm-hmm. Uh, to dedicate someone to be a security analyst. Um, yeah. So, yeah, the SOC in the tribal space is varied. There are tribes that are looking at doing uh, something that kind of, I think, goes against a lot of the trends that we see in tribes historically as far as, you know, your your tribal government has its own 
pillar, you know, its own budgets, its own reporting mm-hmm. structure, and they buy their own tools. Mm-hmm. Uh, the casino or the enterprise has their own structure, their own tools, mm-hmm. and same for compliance and healthcare, et cetera. And they all operate in kind of these silos. What we're seeing some tribes do, and this is something that Stephen Nino from Saboba will talk about yesterday, their approach to it is a centralized SOC for all of the tribes. So that means Mm -hmm. that they're sharing information as far as security threats that may be seen on the government side or the casino side or, you know, in any of their other kind of um, public office type uh, settings that Saboba has under its entire tribal umbrella. So Mm -hmm. uh, this is a concept that a few of us think it's a great idea, but we understand that there's a lot of political challenges to that typically yeah. given mm-hmm. the tribe by tribe basis. Sure. Um, so that'll be a, another conversation that we'll have during this session as well. Yeah, that will be interesting because, yeah, you're right. A lot of tribes do keep all of that separate, you know, with funding and, and staff and all those things. So that would be a change. But that's what technology is all well, about, you know. <laughs> and, it, and also there's a, there's multiple kind of factors to it. It's. Uh, better purchasing power. So if the tribe is purchasing for all three or four legs, essentially, of of what the tribe covers, uh, they can negotiate better pricing usually with their vendors if it's a if it's yeah. a vendor solution that they're looking at for some sure. type of cybersecurity need. Mm-hmm. Also, the human capital part. Mm-hmm. Uh, the unfortunate thing for some tribes is that they know they want to go hire a security analyst or somebody who's security focused. But so does the tribal government, so does the tribal casino, so right. does the tribal healthcare system. So what you have then is essentially it's already competitive enough to go find out and find qualified people. Now mm-hmm. within your own tribe, you're also then fighting Competing against each again. other. Yeah. Where if you could just leverage that resource to be the overarching cybersecurity expert for everything in the tribe, mm-hmm. that would be a better way to do it yeah. in some cases. And again, this is all very high-level hypothetical sure. thinking. I do know that there are some tribes that are making moves into this, but I also know there are tribes that just won't do it. Mm-hmm. So there, there's other conversations that need to be had about that as well. Mm-hmm. So. Interesting. So when you use a SOC, does it always have to be or have some kind of cloud-based solution? Or can you have it be more of an on-prem? Yeah, the SOC is just really a central place within an organization for security events, logging, anything that is security related to kind of come into and then be effectively analyzed, looked at, and make determinations on the data that's being presented. It doesn't need to be cloud. In the tribal space, obviously, there's some tribes that are very data sovereign. Mm -hmm. Um, first and that's where they prefer to do it is if they can keep it in house mm-hmm. um, and not have it sit out in a public cloud um, that's something they look at uh, mm-hmm. but yes a lot of security cybersecurity tooling is what you would call it almost a hybrid approach so mm-hmm. you'll have some components that reside in a cloud maybe that cloud is running artificial intelligence machine learning mm-hmm. to kind of uh, digest what it's seeing from on-prem. Some organizations adopt a SOC as a service, uh, mm-hmm. knowing that they can't do a, a, a full-blown SOC implementation internally, so they outsource that to somebody right. else. Right, which might be a good option for some small. It may be a good option. Yeah. Um, and then there's like a mix. So then there's like having cybersecurity tooling on-prem mm-hmm. where the data is contained, uh, the artificial intelligence is contained, the machine learning is contained on-prem. It's looking at everything that's in your environment. And then using behavioral analysis and AI to essentially make determinations. And then perhaps then you have uh, what's called managed detect and response, which mm-hmm. is not so much you're sending all your information outside. You're effectively having an analyst as part of your cybersecurity suite. Mm-hmm. Uh, that may be with the company that you purchased that product from or a third party who more or less is watching the on-prem when mm-hmm. you can't watch it and then working with your teams 
to uh, mitigate any type of issues that may be going on. So there's there's a lot of like nuanced ways to approach mm-hmm. uh, the human capital issue that exists in some tribes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, those are, again, hopefully conversations we'll be having during this session. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, okay. interesting. So talking about, you know, just sitting here thinking and listening to you talk about, you know, structure and we're talking about cybersecurity attacks and just, you know, just even the SOC and how you have to change and everything's always changing. If you had a crystal ball and you could (laughs) tell, you know, tell tribes that you're working with three things you need to look out for in the next five years within your, you know, government casino, what would you, what would you tell them to be on the lookout for and really put some effort towards? I mean, I think we're seeing it in real time during the, you know, essentially the recording of this podcast is Mm -hmm. these attacks on casinos. Some of them are related to uh, cybersecurity practices they implemented and perhaps they didn't necessarily, um, you know, patching or you know, mm-hmm. just the human error sometimes also can cause a, a breach yeah. or an attack. Really, the, the thing that most people need to understand about cybersecurity in general, regardless if it's now or five years from now, is always assume compromise. That means that assume regardless of what tooling you've put on the perimeter of your environment, that somebody's probably already in there doing something nefarious or waiting and like living off what we call living off the land, you know, making small movements within your environment that are not detectable that will eventually, you know, burge into a larger attack. Right. So yeah. assume compromise is the one thing from now and really forever that mm-hmm. people need to really focus Always on cybersecurity. Focus on mm-hmm. Always comes down to also training people. You know, that's never going to get old. That's never going to go away. Yeah. Um, education of proper way to handle accounts, passwords, mm-hmm. identifying assets, who yeah. belongs where. Those will always be things that um, exist. And then... Mm-hmm. Yeah, who knows? I mean, some of the attacks that we see now are also that concept of a sock as a service or those mm-hmm. more managed. Now you're seeing the bad actors effectively compromise those services, right. which then that means that that compromised service now also has maybe 100, 500 customers mm-hmm. that it then trickles down. And those attacks are then essentially propagated through those environments. So yeah. it's effectively always you know never always trust safe. and verify you know regardless of what it is never trust anybody just with the keys to the kingdom regardless who it is if it's mm-hmm. somebody third party that is providing services for you always question what they're doing always ensure that you're reviewing what permissions and access they have to your environments um and i mean really that's those are the type of things that best you can do right uh and then just constantly be de- be analyzing and identifying what's going on in your environments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is what we'll see over the next five years. The attacks, honestly, the attacks that we saw three, four years ago, in some sense, are the same attacks we're seeing today. Um, they just tweak the thing here and there, uh, or they go about attack in a different way. So, uh, but they all have to utilize essentially the same patterns to actually pull off attacks. Hmm. So interesting. Yep. So somebody can't be here. They're not here today going to be able to go over to your session there is another way they can listen to you and get in touch is with your october 12th virtual event blue team workshop so talk to me a little bit about that um it looks pretty cool you can actually earn some cpe credits um by attending so looks like you're going to be talking about advanced security uh threats in addition you're going to be hosting it with dell yes okay so i don't know if you worked in radio but that was an amazing segue into our next uh speaking point here (laughs) So, yes, we are doing a blue team workshop. 
I know in some, again, in, in more of those small to medium tribes, the concept of a blue team workshop is is maybe new. Um, blue team workshops, purple workshops, red teaming, mm-hmm. these are all things that are, are, are pretty standard practices within the cybersecurity space. So what a blue team workshop is to just at a very high level is to introduce people perhaps and, and and the good thing about this one is it's really intended for any skill set if you're in IT or if you're even a seasoned analyst or security expert there's something to be gained um, mm-hmm. from this type of exercise but really what a blue team workshop is is we a simulation effectively of an attack of some type some cybersecurity incident okay and it's utilizing tooling as the defender uh, to essentially identify and kind of work through the steps of remediation or seeing even before the remediation of how this attack is potentially propagating through your environment. Interesting. And allowing okay. you within that, what we call um, the kill chain to essentially find places that with tooling and the right uh, signal, we'll call it, to be able to make determinations and head it off at the pass before it essentially becomes something that is you know, a ransomware attack where mm-hmm. your, your network's encrypted. Mm-hmm. So, th- yes, the purpose of the Blue Team Workshop, and this Blue Team Workshop is actually something that uh, Dell and Vectra are running specifically for the tribal space, mm-hmm. um, because I don't know, I've seen a lot of cybersecurity vendors, you know, they'll broadly do these type of workshops, but we wanted to do something that was very specific to people who are either attending this conference or within mm-hmm. the tribal space and just want to learn a little bit more about how to be a cybersecurity defender. By no means does this make you an expert. Um, so uh, hopefully I'm not like, oh, if you come to this workshop, you're suddenly going to be you know, right. the same as somebody who spent 20 years of being a, a cybersecurity analyst. Um, that's not. But it will, I think provide a way for people to kind of look and see and think like how attackers think mm-hmm. and how potentially uh, utilizing certain tooling, you'll be able to essentially hopefully head that off at the pass before it becomes a problem. Yeah, so, that's awesome. Yeah. We will put a link to um, the registration in the show notes. Um, so if anyone wants to attend that, they can just go there and uh, click that October 12th virtual event. So, yep. And one more thing, like uh, most people who listen to this, hopefully you're involved with the tribal ISAC group. That's another great thing that we'll be talking a little bit about during our session is tribal ISAC and how important that that group is really to the cybersecurity landscape allows tribes to talk and communicate mm-hmm. of what they're seeing and techniques and ideas and, and maybe how they're implementing their own frameworks and helping other tribes uh, with those frameworks. So, yeah, it definitely is. It's great. Justin, thank you so much. I'm glad we finally got to do this podcast me in too. person. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for having time. me. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. For more information on today's podcast, just click on the show notes. If you have a story to share or a topic you'd like to see us cover, reach out to our team on LinkedIn or via email at contactus at tribalhub.com. See you soon.